This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. Hey everybody, this is episode 35. I'm Candy Clark. Nate Burgess is here tonight. It's just the two of us, which, no, I was going to say maybe it was the first time since the first one we ever did, but we did do a couple there around Shotgun Weekend at your place. Mm-hmm. I about forgot about that. But it's just us tonight, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, an article from one of the quality whitetails magazines that I get through the National Deer Association, talking about how... 2020-21 season, so not this past season, but the season before that I'd have all the numbers for. Obviously, they won't have all of them for last season yet, I wouldn't think. So that that year, not this past season, but the one before, they killed saw the most bucks killed in the past 21 years. So more bucks were killed in that season than there had been in two decades. This is countrywide, correct? Correct. Yeah. So they've got numbers in here for... Yeah, I'll go over some of them here when we get into it a little bit, just state by state from like the 2020 season. But there's some interesting stuff in there, and it's stuff that I think we've seen continued this year around here, and uh, stuff we've talked about before as far as more bucks being killed. Definitely last year, this season that this is talking about, we've talked about different times, and we talk about it all the time up here, how many bucks that just came in last year. And then this year again, but the quality of bucks. Yeah. And that's, this article does talk a little bit about that. I'm not going to read too much out of it, but I just want to, I'll use for reference on a couple of the numbers out of it. But, I mean, we've talked about it before. Just seeing the, the amount of, not just to come in the shop, but like trail camera pictures out hunting on the hoof. We're starting to see more bucks more mature bucks and i think that's probably a product of more people paying attention to that kind of stuff Uh, i think social media probably does have an impact on that youtube has a big impact on that i think there's a lot more actual good content out there Mm -hmm. than there would have been 20 years ago when it was uh you know just the stuff that was on tv yep so whatever was on tv was what was going and depending on who you watched maybe that wasn't always the best you know, management practices and all that. So I think we're starting to see the benefits of that. And obviously the coming back out of that last bout of uh, EHD, real bad around here. Yep. But that wasn't, you know, countrywide necessarily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, this part of the country for sure hit us hard, but mm-hmm. I think now uh, around here that has something to do with it. And then obviously nationwide, I think that probably speaks more to the management people are doing. Yep. And we're starting to see a bigger impact. And that's something Dusty talked about, too. I don't know if you, know if you remember that. Uh, he was talking about they're starting to see the age structure increase. Yeah. And talking he's, about it coming up this way and all that. He's talking about six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old bucks, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and he's confident they're that old, yeah. you know. Um, they're at home. Of course, we're not near what he's got. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're at home. Uh, for instance, that one I killed this year. We think he was five. Um, I can't remember. Um, and I've just really been paying attention uh, good the last five years probably, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't remember having a buck that old. I mean, if, if I if I saw a four-year-old 
what I thought was a four-year-old at the time. He's mature right. for this area yeah. that I'm aware of, you know, because we're, it's just a small pocket right there. Mm-hmm. I ain't saying they ain't out there, but they sure ain't prevalent there at home, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, like you said, social media and the internet in general, yeah. I think more guys are to the point where they realize they can do things better and they have uh, at least access to some information, good or bad, right? as to how to try to do it. And they do have goals in mind mm-hmm. other than just shooting the first thing that comes out. Yeah. I do think uh, social media and the internet altogether, I think that has been beneficial there because guys can now see that it is possible for them to do it. Not on the scale, probably not on the scale that they're seeing on TV, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but they still can do something to be to kill better deer than what they have been. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing too is it doesn't take any money. Just passing younger deer yep. is the biggest thing that you can do. Yep. Even if you don't have a lot of ground to manage, like what we're working with, as opposed to uh, someone like Dusty who's got you know a couple thousand acres that they're working with, uh, and obviously he's a good case study for that the benefits they're seeing now they're to the point like you're talking about they're seeing routinely and not all of them but year after year they have target bucks that are six seven eight years old yeah and they're now to the point where they're not really interested uh, not that they're not interested if a giant comes by that's younger than this they'll shoot it but he's talking five and a half six and a half years old that's where they start looking at taking yeah taking bucks that's mature yeah. for their where they're at in that area yeah uh the places I hunt, I'm still looking at four and a half, five and a half. You know what I mean? Four, me four and a half to me is still where I'm at. You know, that's a good mature buck. And I think yep. that part of that is the hunter individually. Yeah. If you've killed a whole bunch of four and a half year old deer, maybe you want to try to kill five and a half, six and a half. But also then your area too. Because like you said, that's uh, this, the, the deer you killed was the oldest one you can remember. That I can remember. Right. But even, you know, you had several four and a half year old deer out there as well probably i did this year was exceptional yeah for me it really was yep. uh, what i was seeing um what i had on camera what i had on camera can't remember having anything like this in the past i've also not had as many cameras in the past you know mm-hmm. i'd like to think i'm getting smarter all the time right um back in college i think i had two or three four cameras maybe i was running 10 this year uh college was Eight to ten years ago now. Um, right. Uh, back then, I remember, oh, on the average, I'd have 130 to 140-inch eight-pointer, a nice eight-pointer, around about every year. Mm-hmm. Um, three, maybe four years old. Um, and that was in the genetics there at home, you know. Right. We, we got a lot of that. We got a nice, a lot of nice framey eight-pointers with little bitty brow tines, Turner Creek brow tines. Mm-hmm. Um that's you, you got more your living room's a testament to that oh man <laughs> yeah um but uh you let them get a little older they do a little nicer you mm-hmm. know um that they'll be 140 maybe close to 150 that takes a lot yeah. you know yeah um but there's a couple of them that have made it there because they are starting to get a little older um on the average yeah uh, but what 2012 was blue tongue mm-hmm. phd and it just decimated everything around you know yeah um, and that's back when I'm talking, that was college for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't have, I, like, I was not getting any pictures of anything over 150. 
I know that's just a straggler or two, you know. Yeah. And I had my cameras in good spots. I know I did. Um, or on food plots and stuff. I should have been getting good inventory. I just wasn't seeing anything back then any better than that. Right. Um, over the years, I'd see, you know, I might see a four-year-old 160. Um, as something that's just bigger. I, maybe I didn't know how old he was. I just get a, a glimpse of him here and there, mm-hmm. you know. But they weren't staying around there, I really didn't think. Uh, last year, the buck I killed was around. I thought, ah, he could be four. He might be three. Uh, I think he was four last year. Then that bully buck I always talk about, mm-hmm. that uh, that eight point. Um, of course, he didn't have nothing for a rack, but he was a, he was a four-year-old deer last year. Um, I'm confident. Mm-hmm. And then that real wide buck, they were all around last year. They all three made it. I do think that the bully buck, the one I killed, were both five. Yeah. That wide buck, I think he was four this year. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, but anyway, I mean, those three making it to, uh, to that age. Yeah, four all and being, a half plus. Yeah, all being right there. I can't ever remember that. And two of the three won 60 plus. They were. Yeah. Yeah. In that uh, bully buck you're talking about, yeah. the 300-pound deer. He was. I really think he could have been close to 300 on the hoof. Yeah, he's a monster. Um, and maybe 120 inches of horn. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, just right there on me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I was getting there. I was getting their pictures at least every third night, yeah. approximately. Um, so they were staying pretty close. I ain't saying they were all staying on me. They were all mature enough that they wouldn't stay on. I don't have right. enough. Right. They wouldn't tolerate each other. They don't other, want to be around each other know? that much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they were all staying close. Um, they wanted to be around there mm-hmm. to whatever capacity. They wanted to be around there. They'd worked it out amongst themselves. They were comfortable. Yeah. Um, I do have a ton of does. I've always had a ton of does. I don't shoot very many does. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally one a year for meat. Maybe two. Uh, man, I've got some does with noses on them, you know. <laughs> long as your arm yeah right i mean them nannies are old yeah um, but i i've never really thought about age structure on them too much you know right um, until they get me figured out and they're blowing at me you know yeah. you've been around too long uh, exactly <laughs> but yep. anyway uh, i have noticed big time uh the last two or three years for me mm-hmm. the age structure on the bucks has really improved yeah uh and that's you know there's places where but this is always, we're talking about a lot of private ground stuff. And then there's public ground stuff, too, where guys are not wanting to kill all younger than a four-and-a-half-year-old deer. A lot of the guys, you know, public ground in Iowa, some of the better places in Illinois, Missouri. But there's a lot of public places, and then even private places in parts of the country, parts of Michigan and Pennsylvania, and down south in the southeast, where three-and-a-half is a pretty mature deer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's based on what's around you, too. So that's not to say that it's got to be four-and-a-half, five-and-a-half plus to be mature, but that's kind of the majority of the Midwest and the whitetails range four and a half plus is mature deer. I think it's something like I said it before, 90% of the antler growth is achieved by four and a half years old. Yep. Obviously not in all cases, but in most, that's an average. But I can remember growing up watching the TV shows and stuff and the old VHS tapes and three and a half being a pretty common age guys talking about deer being mature mm-hmm. you know and this is mid 2000s early 2000s yeah and now in the past almost 20 years now it, we're starting to see it creep up where now it's the four and a half five and a half plus and yeah <clears throat> i think we're on the higher edge of that now 
if you watch any of the shows, uh, a lot of the YouTube channels and stuff, guys are talking about what Dusty's talking about, five and a half plus being real mature deer that they want to shoot. Yeah. Uh, whether that be, you know, like the Drury's, uh, the Midwest Whitetail guys, yep. um, all those guys, you know, that are the bigger names now. Yep. They're talking about five and a half being where you want to start killing them for their peak maturity. Yeah. You know, which, like I said, 20 years ago, they were talking to the same guys, talking about three and a half year old deer yep. shooting them, you know. So obviously I think it's a, it's a from the top down and the information and the media and all that has made a big difference. And then learning about it too, I guess. Mm-hmm. We probably obviously know as much now about them as we ever have. Yep. Coming from organizations like the NDA and all the other great like the msu deer lab mm-hmm. uh, all the other great labs around yeah that are given putting out information on this stuff but just real quick on this something out of this article um it's a percentage of yearling bucks in the u.s antler buck harvest so this is kind of what we're talking about from 1989 62 of deer in the united states our bucks killed were yearling bucks Sixty-two percent of, of the bucks harvested were yearling bucks. Yeah, and in twenty twenty, twenty-six percent of the antler bucks were yearlings. So that's kind of what we're talking about right yeah. there. Is yeah. they're getting at least past the year and a half old stage. Yeah, and then this is there's a chart right under that two thousand one to two thousand twenty. So that range that I was just talking about in two thousand one, almost fifty percent. We're year and a half old bucks, and just over twenty percent were three and a half and older. Mm-hmm. In twenty twenty, the number is obviously that twenty six percent. It said, and then over forty percent are three and a half years, three and a half and older. Yeah. So we're really starting to see that shift. Yeah. In guys killing the yearling bucks, uh, and into the older deer, because I think we're starting to see, and guys are starting to believe it, maybe, and we've got a new generation of hunters that have come along in this time. Mm-hmm. That have come up seeing more of the stuff, the information about older bucks and reaching their maturity. And, you know, because at one time, and I know, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, there was a lot of, there were articles published in big magazines and stuff about how a spike buck was never going to be a big buck. Uh, A fork buck would never be a big buck, you know, if it was fork year, uh, a fork year, a year and a half year old, you might as well shoot him because he's not going to ever turn into anything or a spike, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, that's been proven wrong time and time again. Yeah. Uh, they've done studies on that. Thankfully. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I think a lot of the information and availability of the information and all that stuff. And, yeah. and like you're talking about, where you're seeing it there around you, I think everybody's starting to see that. Yep. And obviously, we see it in the shop, so we can catch a pretty wide area of guys that bring deer in yeah. here. So it's not just, well, like what you're talking about on the... 400 acres or 500 or whatever it is around where you're hunting Mm -hmm. you're seeing that okay we're seeing the guy that's bringing them from jefferson county and white county and marion county and wayne county and it's all starting to be bigger more mature bucks and more bucks so it's kind of a good that's almost a good little study in itself too just the seeing the number of deer coming to the shop and talking to the guys too. I mean, you start talking to the guys, they've been seeing more deer in general than the last few years and more bucks seems like more mature bucks. Yep. I do think guys are, like I said, uh, from the internet and social media, they're seeing 
what other guys are able to do. Mm-hmm. They're seeing that they're maybe not too different from what those guys are. You know, uh, if you work hard, you think about it, do everything you can right, you know, give them everything they need, uh, try to pass them, you know, mm-hmm. you can get them that, ne- that next year, you know. Yep. And he might put on 20, 30, maybe 40 inches, Yeah. you know. Um, I know Dusty talked about uh, uh, some of these deer that put on a ton of inches, you know. That is exceptional, mm-hmm. but they can do it, Yeah. you know, if you give them everything they need. Especially between, just between two and a half and three and a half and three and a half and four and a half. Those are big jumps. Yeah. I mean, the two and a half to three and a half jump can be really big for some deer. Yeah. For a lot of deer. That's yeah. probably the biggest jump they're going to make unless they're just some mega giant. 200 plus inch deer that maybe makes another big jump down the road but yeah for a lot of deer that are going to end up only living four and a half to six and a half years old anyway that jump from two and a half to three and a half is going to be probably the biggest one they make as far as antler growth yeah goes so and like you said you hit on there giving them what they need i think that's another cause of it too is guys are seeing how they can put out food make it available to them yep um the cover stuff there's more information on that as well, and it's more available. And guys are seeing that it does, doesn't have to cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. If you want to do a lot of stuff and you got the room to do it, it can get expensive to do it the right way. Yeah. But you can get away with, you know, a hand tiller and a broadcast seeder or just a sprayer and a, a broadcast yep. seeder, just throwing it out by hand, yep. uh, a saw of some kind. You can do a lot of things with some pretty cheap tools Yeah. to improve your habitat for the deer and what, you know, their nutrition, the availability of food and stuff like that in the yeah. fall. Even if it's just a little bit, you're still helping. Yeah. You know, and, and just doing just a little bit to improve uh like the late winter fall nutrition availability for the deer will help a bunch, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Because that's especially around here where we talked about before, we're still a pretty good number of guys are pretty reliant on the ag crops around. And they just look at that and think, well, there's a 100-acre food plot right next to me. Why do I need to plant anything? Yeah. Well, when that stuff's gone, it gets pretty you know, sparse. There's not as much around. So yeah. planting that little bit of stuff is going to make a pretty big impact yep. on the deer that you do have. Yep. Um, I do I do look at uh, uh, the crop ground around me. I know it's the destination food, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but my food plots, I want to have something completely different than what's out in that yeah. field yeah and i want to use it as a, as a staging area you know um mm-hmm. hoping that they'll get up out of their bed they'll come there I, most of those plots that i have the little plots like that clover mm-hmm. i got them low i got them secluded um cover around them real tight you know they do feel comfortable coming out there early yep. and then they'll pick their way up out and up into the yeah. big fields you know yep. later on um that's just how i got it set up uh, it does work well. Um, the does do it every time. Mm-hmm. You know, the bucks do it sometimes. Yeah. You know, everything's got to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, that one I killed. I played cat and mouse with him. I had him. He was moving. He was on his feet in daylight when I was in the stand. I know twice before I killed him. Mm-hmm. No, three times. Uh, that other camera, not a cell camera. I did see his picture on there. So anyway, um, he was on his feet three times in daylight. When I was hunting, right. you know, I was just in the wrong spot. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I was I was within 200 yards of him one time, you know. But I just simply that night I picked the wrong little plot. If I'd have been on that other plot, I'd have had him then. Yeah. Um, but anyway, 
uh, the food plots are still uh, give them something different than what's out there, mm-hmm. you know, in that crop field. Uh, but they're uh, uh, give them everything a, a good mix, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, make sure that you got uh, stuff out there that's uh, attractive to them. Um, uh, just give them everything they need, you know. Uh, yeah. Don't let him want to leave your place. Exactly. And that does a few different things because not only like the nutritional aspect of it, it draws them in. It's an attractant, you know, to get them in where you're talking about. Just a little spot where they come out in the daylight where you can kill them or you can pass them. And maybe they're coming out on you in the daylight instead of someone else that might shoot them when they're three and a half. Yeah. It, not only does it, uh, you, everybody thinks about it as, well, it'll give me the chance to kill that mature buck I'm after. It also gives you the chance to pass that two and a half, three and a half year old deer that needs passed. That keep needs him to close. grow an extra year. Yeah. yeah. Keep him close. It, it takes the opportunity away from someone else to kill him. It's true. You know, so you've got that aspect going too. If you can get a good draw in there where they're going to want to be on you yeah. during that time in the daylight, you can decide which ones need to go another year. Yeah. At least, you know, and they're not going to be there every time. Like you said, they're not going to do it every time. No. No. They're going to spend some time on the neighbors more than likely. Yep. But the more time they can spend on you, the more time you can get them spending on you, the better because you'll have more control over being that herd manager. Yeah. Yeah. And affecting the the population in the age structure of the whole the whole herd. Yeah. Bucks and and does too, you know, cuz like you said, you don't necessarily have to do too much with the does, but it, that's all dependent on your property as well cuz you can have too many. Uh, you can have not enough. Yeah. And it just depends on what's going on around you. But And that gives you the opportunity to do that as well, to manage mm-hmm. your, your does. And like you said, they're, if you've got a good food source and the wind's right, or even if you just got your cameras out, you're going to see those does. The same yep. fam- however many family groups of does you got on you yeah. are going to be on the same pattern, yeah. all, like clockwork. If you ain't messing them up, yeah. they ain't going to change. And you're going to have a really good idea of whether or not you need to kill any does or how many you need to kill because you're going to be able to see almost exactly how many you've got on you. Obviously, it's hard not to count them twice or whatever, but you're still going to have a pretty good idea of what your doe herd looks like and if it's at a healthy number. Yeah. So there's that aspect of it too, not just on the bucks, which will affect the bucks in turn. Yep. I'm pretty sure I'm borderline too many does for what I got. Borderline. Mm -hmm. Um, Food's not the problem. Uh, cover is more the problem right. uh, with what I got. There's crops everywhere around. There's plenty for them to eat. There's plenty for them to browse. Mm-hmm. There's not dynamite bedding. I do not have dynamite bedding, and that's what I right. need to fix. Right. Uh, that's what I need to improve. Um, uh, I think uh, you've said several times, those get priority. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to lay where they're going to lay. And if that buck can't find him a spot to lay, you know, where he can get away from them a little bit yep. and really hide good, He's probably going to go somewhere where he can, you know. Uh, yeah. And, and if that ain't on you, that's unfortunate. Yep. And the does, you know, get priority because they're there first. Yep. They're in the same spot in the summertime as they're going to be in the fall. Yep. The the saying I've heard, I don't remember who said it, but doe here today is a doe here to stay. <laughs> so if yep. you've got a doe on you, what is today? May 9th when we're recording yep. this, it's probably going to be there in October if it doesn't get killed. Yep. So that's kind of what you're talking about there, where they'll get the priority of bedding yep. spots. So if you do have too many does taking up those bedding spots, when the yep. bucks want to move in in October and November, if they're already taken, you know, they don't want that much stress, yep. they're going to find somewhere else. Yeah. they uh, Of course, they'll shift around. They want the open, 
the open cooler areas in the summer mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the denser they, yeah they stuff. don't want to bang their velvet antlers around on everything yep yep um but yeah they uh i'm borderline too many does i think um but my doe gosh my does uh, i know they're old i mean mm-hmm. some of them things got briskets on them you know yeah. i mean it, right. how long does it take a doe to get a brisket <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know several years yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if I had some eight-year-old does. You know? Yeah, man, not bucks, no. not bucks. What uh, uh, if if you got a four-year-old buck mm-hmm. on your place, on any of your places you can hunt? Um, what percentage of bucks are four years old or older on your place? You mean like mine specifically? Yeah. What do you think? Ten percent, more, less. That's probably a close number. Maybe, probably less. For me, I'm, I'm trying thinking to think, five to ten percent. I'm trying to think like trail camera pictures and stuff last year. So, on the one we talked about, the biggest property that I can hunt with not much cover, there were mm-hmm. a bunch of three and a half year old deer on there last year. Three and a half year old bucks. Yep. A lot of bucks. Yeah. There was two deer I might shoot. Yeah. Four and a half plus. Yeah. So I'd say there were 10 to 15 bucks and mm-hmm. two of them were probably four and a half. Yeah. So probably and, and, somewhere I mean, right around 10%. Yeah. And we're counting anything that's got a horn. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, 10 to 20. So that gives yeah. you 10 to 20%. Yeah. There, If there were 10 to 20 bucks, 10 to 20% of them would have been mm-hmm. that. Now on the other pieces, it's hard to tell because just the way they are, Yep. Getting inventory on those is a little different, but yep. I'd say that's your that's probably a pretty good number, but anywhere from five to fifteen percent. Uh, at least that sounds better. What yeah. I've got, yeah, you know, from what I've seen, just not on only on the hoof, but on pictures and inventory and stuff like that. Yeah. Now this year was exceptional for me. Mm-hmm. I was up twenty five percent, probably. Right. Which, to your point... Until gun season was over. <laughs> right, exactly. We took a nosedive yep. right there before yep. Thanksgiving. <laughs> so we'll, I'll be curious to see next year how many of those three-and-a-half-year-old bucks... Because there were, gosh, five or six three-and-a-half-year-old bucks probably. Mm-hmm. And a handful of two-and-a-half-year-old bucks. Yeah. So, and I didn't kill any of them. Yeah. I don't know if any of them got killed by the neighbors or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be interested to see next year if... Five and a half, like what you're talking about with the four and a half. If I've got yeah. a five and a half year old buck on me, yeah. what percentage of them are four and a half? Yeah. And three and a half. Because that's what we're talking about, basically advancing the age structure. So yeah. now if I'm pushing them to five and a half, mm-hmm. now if I've got 10% of the bucks that are five and a half and another 10% that are four and a half, I've got 20% of bucks that are mature, in my opinion, yep. for that area, mature bucks to shoot. Yep. And then another com- wave coming after that, hopefully. Yeah. Now, obviously, some of those deer aren't going to make it, hit by cars, killed by hunters, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'd say, you know, that's probably a good number. And then, again, anytime you can advance that. Because I would say the average age is probably two and a half or three and a half. I would, yeah, yeah. If you could get your average age up to, I think, three and a half is probably a good number to shoot for. Yep. uh, If you're wanting to kill four and a half, five and a half year old deer. Yeah. Now, like where Dusty's talking about, their average age is probably closer to four and a half, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's talking about them wanting to kill the five and a half and six and a half year old deer. So their average may be four and a half, 
and they're going to have more mature bucks on them. So if yeah. you can push your, if your average is two and a half years old, you're going to have a lot of three and a half year old bucks and a lot of yearling bucks, a lot of two and a half year old bucks. You're not going to have on the top end of that very many four and a half plus year old deer. Yeah. So the older you can push that average, yeah, the better chance you're going to have of seeing and killing a mature buck. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, I like what you're saying there last year, even though you had three really mature bucks on you, your average is probably still what, three and a half? You think? Two or three, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there was a, just a wad uh, of young bucks around last year. There really was. Um, the neighbors killed. I know the neighbors killed a three-and-a-half-year-old 10-point. I think he was mid-130s. Uh, by far the nicest uh, buck that, uh, that the neighbor boy had mm-hmm. killed. I think he's about 13, um, somewhere in there. Uh, great buck for him, you know. Great right. buck for him. Um, that one I killed. The other neighbors killed one. Uh, that four-year-old, the wide buck. Um, that bully buck was found dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the age structure uh, it built way up this year, and then it also was just, I mean, pruned way back real right. fast. Right. You know, uh, that one. But the top end of it too. It was it was at the top. Yeah. yeah, it was at the top. Yeah, um, I'm not aware of any young bucks getting killed around there. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the, if you call that three and a half year old a young buck, uh, he is right. uh, from for right there at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's middle of the road. Yeah, um, that one buck with all them tines. I um, mm-hmm. uh, never had no pictures of him after November 11th. Don't know about him, uh, but I thought he was. Uh, he he could have been four. Mm-hmm. He could have been four. Um, he should be a dandy next year if he made it. I'm unsure if he did or not. He just disappeared. Yeah. That um, other uh, 10 with the real goofy twos, or not goofy twos, but... But the, he disappeared, too. Yeah. I just forgot about him. But he was probably four and a half. I think he think? was three. You think he was three? I think he was three. I think he was close to 150. Yeah. If you'd reverse his twos and his fours, <laughs> yeah, like he should have been, right? you know, he'd be a high 140s. Um, he'd be close to 150. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing exceptional about him, but he was good. Yeah. Uh, average mass, pretty good height. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd have been in the 140 high 140s. Um, he plum disappeared uh, there before gun season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that one that showed up late season uh, that came in and took the play. He was, he's yeah. close to 160. Yeah. As a 10, a good looking. I think he was four. Mm-hmm. Um, never seen him before, but of course, stuff really opened up right there. Right. Yeah. Um, so I could, I could have, if those two were four, if two of those were four, I could have two five-year-olds around. Mm-hmm. Um, the the short tined, the short G two ten. He he could be a four-year-old. Right. Um, he could be close to one sixty if he, you know, if he does good. Yeah. Um. And then just uh, like I was saying, uh, the Turner Creek eight pointers, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, uh, just a pretty frame eight pointer with short brow tines. Yep. I mean, you, there's more of them than you can shake a stick at running around there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I could still have a decent age structure, but this year was exceptional. It really was. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about too. You'll start to see more of that if you have a healthy age structure, a healthier yeah. herd. You'll see. Quite a few yearling bucks, quite a few two and a halfs, and quite a few three and a halfs, and some four and a half pluses. You'll have more deer in each category as you go up. And then 
when you take those deer out of the top end, you can afford to do that because you got another class coming up behind it. To replace them. Yeah. Yeah, if you can establish that structure and get them moving on older and older. Yes. Because <clears throat> you got to figure if you've got, like on that property I was talking about, five, we'll say five, three and a half year old bucks, the chances of all of them getting killed are pretty slim. Yep. So you're going to have some to come and replace the ones that were four and a half that maybe you killed or got killed or whatever. Yeah. And if they didn't, well, then you've just got another class behind them, four and a half and five and a halfs. Mm-hmm. You can shoot your five and a halfs and or your four and a halfs and see what happens the next year, but you'll see more of a balance, I think, uh, as opposed to where it used to. You'd see just a lot of young bucks, and a lot of young bucks were getting killed, but you still see a bunch of them because the only ones taking their place were the ones that were button bucks the last year. Yeah, you know there wasn't anything really on the top end. Yeah, to speak of, like what we were talking about that number. What was it? Sixty-two percent. Yep. In eighty-nine. Yep. In it went, it's, you know, pretty steady down from there, uh, really over that first 10-year period. It went from 62% to, like, just over 50% in 99. Yeah. Which that, well, we were talking about last week, that big boom in the population there in the 90s. Yeah. So, that you know, you start to see a difference there. And that may have been kind of a first start of what we're seeing now. You guys decide, okay, there's a lot more deer around now. I can be a little more picky. Yeah. So they still maybe have been shooting two-and-a-half-year-old deer, yeah. but they weren't shooting the one-and-a-halves anymore. Yeah. That graph still shows a favorable trend uh, yeah. for the younger bucks making it and the older bucks being the ones that are more prevalently killed, right? hmm Yeah. So from 1989 to 2009, it, was, it went from that 62% all the way down to like 40 41%. So mm-hmm. there was a big drop there in that span. Yeah. Which makes sense yeah. because if, again, like we talked about last week, if you look at all the availability of information and media, even though those guys were killing two and a half and three and a half year old deer, it's still not year and a half. Yeah. So you're starting to get more videos and the TV shows are starting to come out in the early 2000s. So that big dive in that would make sense. You know, there's more deer and more guys hunting them that are watching those TV shows and the VHS tapes and the DVDs that are coming out. So they're starting to see more of what it is. And then that starts to plateau out uh, from about 2010 to 2016, 17 in there. You know, it hovered between 35 and 40%. Yeah. But then again, we've seen another big drop from 2016, 17 to 20, where it's down now to 26%. Yeah. And still, you know, like you said, showing a pretty favorable direction from there. What year is that? Is that 16 or 17? I think that's 16. Um, so... It could be 17. So EHD, or, uh, at least in our part of the world, probably, generally speaking, through the Midwest in 2012, mm-hmm. that would have really... Uh, there was a ton of mature deer died because yeah. of that. Yep. So there was way fewer mature deer to be killed. Yeah, so that could right. have an effect on that plateau as well. Could that explain that plateau? Yep, it sure but, could, because, because it's going to take... Four years, Yep. five years, yep. to get back to where you can start killing the bucks that mm-hmm. are older, to start getting the graph going back down. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that. We talked about that before, too. That's a good point there, because where this graph shows... Uh, I wish you guys could see it, but... Like he's talking about, right there at 2012, it just hits a peak in almost straight lines at 35%. So, mm-hmm. until 2016, 17. 
and then that's when we start to see that age structure grow back, come back again, because yep. it takes four years to make a four year old, four and a half years to make a four and a half yes. year old deer. Yes. So there's more bucks on the upper end again. Yeah. So that more guys are killing the older bucks instead of having to kill those year and a half year yeah. old deer. You know. So. Yeah. And like you said, it still looks to be turning in a positive direction, and I look for it to keep getting better too, because yeah. the more we can get good content out there like hopefully what we're doing and what a lot of other guys are doing on youtube now and even on like the outdoor channels and stuff if you watch the right people they're, they're pushing out all the same information about like i said now killing five and a half plus year old deer mm-hmm. well you think about guys back when the all the tv guys were killing three and a half and four and a half year old deer all the time well they're thinking man those guys are on tv i'm never going to be able to do that so what are they shooting two yeah and a, two and a half year old deer yeah so now, at least those same guys are thinking, well, I'll never be able to shoot that. At least maybe they're shooting three-and-a-half-year-old deer, mm-hmm. four-and-a-half-year-old deer. Yeah. So we're still advancing that age class. Yeah. That age structure is it, still getting better. It is fairly clear on most of the shows that I can think of, uh, the guys that are hunting whitetails anyway, you know, um, that they have uh, somebody is doing management, whether it's them in particular or somebody that they're – uh, working with hiring you know something uh, to come in and and set up a management uh, plan for them you know they're they're managing it whether they're really telling you they are or right. not they've got a plan out there yeah um, and the more of them that are talking about what they're doing that does get the bug in other guys here you know mm-hmm. and, and more guys are learning what they can do um, hopefully the right things to do yeah you know yeah uh, but yeah more more guys are seeing that it is possible. Not on the scale of the guys on TV, but uh, but it is possible for them to always be doing better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really think that it is. Uh, that's why we're seeing more mature deer on a consistent basis. Yeah, and you know, we've only been doing the consulting thing for almost two years. Yeah. So it's not like I would know back in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, what guys were saying. Yeah. But most of the guys we go to for their properties. They'll talk about how they heard this guy say this, and this guy said that, and another guy said another thing. Three, four, five, however many different guys there are out there, all these guys that are just starving for this information, because like you said, they got the bug in their ear, and they want to know what to do with their ground. Yep. They're looking up and finding that information in different sources. Now, a lot of times, it's hard to sort through a lot of it, because yep. so many guys say so many different things, Yeah. and it's hard to decide what's maybe best for what you've got going on. Yeah. But they're still taking in that information yeah. and then trying to put it into practice. I'd mm-hmm. say 90% of the guys that we go help already have some idea of what they want to do. Now, they know it's not always a good idea, <laughs> you know, yeah. depending on what they came up with. But probably 90% of them already have some idea. And a lot of times it is, you know, they're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Just from watching YouTube videos of all yeah. these guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's countless guys out there that are doing similar stuff to what we're doing. Yeah. And putting that information out there, and it's available. Yeah. And it is not just the TV, but all that stuff, too. And some of those guys are on TV as well that have their YouTube channels, but they're putting a lot more good information out there. It's helping people. But I'll go over the top states real quick here since I've got it. Um, So antler buck harvest in 2020. This is probably not a lot of surprise to anybody who's been whitetail hunting for any amount of time and has watched hunting shows. <clears throat> the top state in 2020 was Texas 
with 449,933 harvested. The next closest state is Michigan at 219,387. Less than half. Yes. Less than half. And then it goes Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Mm. and Missouri. Mm. Which, you know, Michigan and Pennsylvania, they have a really deep-rooted hunting tradition. I mean, hunting culture in both of those. (laughs) Not that they have the best deer in the world, but there are a lot of guys hunting those two states. Yes. So that does make sense. And then Wisconsin, obviously, one of the better states. Missouri, one of the better states. I would assume Iowa and Illinois are probably up there. Indiana, Kentucky as well. But that just gives, you know, the top five. And then per square mile in 2020, antler buck harvest. The first one, Delaware, at 3.9 bucks per square mile. Then Michigan, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and Maryland. I would not have guessed Delaware. But... I suppose you could also translate that into bucks killed out of your neighbor's backyard. <laughs> yeah, about yeah, have to be. <laughs> yep. Anyway, that's what we're talking about. This nationwide where you're starting to see more of the age structure and the, the antler bucks killed and all that. So, And I'm sure there are some other numbers in here. If you guys are looking for a really, you know, a good source of information, the NDA, I'm not sure what the membership fees are on it or anything, but... They have a publication that they put out. I think it's a quarterly. So it's got a lot of good stuff in it. And then you get a lot of benefits from that too, being a, a member. A lot of that money goes towards conservation and stuff. Your membership fees, they do a lot to help that. Uh, keeping hunters' rights, they do a lot of fighting for that. So if you are interested in that, you can go check that out. Uh, I'm sure it's... I don't know what their website is, deerassociation.com, right there at the bottom of the page. So you can check that out. And this article is in uh, the spring 2022 one. So if you wanted to look at any more of that and you're interested in anything like that, <clears throat> you can go become a member of the NDA. Uh, I got my membership through the Deer Steward course, which is also, uh, if you've got the time and the money to put into it, that's a really good course to take. Uh, the deer store steward level one and then they have actually level two and level three as well but then obviously it's more money and more time but that's really good information course too on just the stuff we're talking about uh, growing deer growing mature deer getting them to their highest potential giving them what they need and stuff like that so we'll probably pull more stuff out of those article or magazines as they come out um, there's a lot of good stuff in there so talks a lot about the same stuff that we do so, I guess we'll go into our sponsors for the podcast. This is the second time we're running this one. Last week was the first one. We finally got it all settled. I've been talking about it for a while. But we finally got all our T's crossed. I'm about to say T's dotted and I's crossed. But hey, you know is, what I mean. That's not uncommon for this area. <clears throat> I was going to say, that shows where my education came from. But anyway, it's Grandpa Ray Outdoors. They specialize in providing the best nutrition for white-tailed deer on your property, starting with the soil. They offer a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods. Grandpa Ray Outdoors was started in 2015, but John, the main guy there, has been in the seed and nutrition business since 1991. With over 14 different food plot blends to choose from, you won't have any trouble finding what you're looking for. Uh, They've got fall, spring blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits. uh, You name it, they've got it. Kind of like what we've got over here in the shop. I mean, they've got a lot of that stuff on their their website, and then we've got some of it over in the shop as well. 
Uh, they're not just about selling their products, though. They'll answer any questions you've got about what would be the best blends for your specific property. That way you can achieve the best results possible. Like us, John and the team don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition. They'll treat you and your situation individually. They aren't about a fancy label or package. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. We use their seed blends on client properties in the past. Uh, the results have been as good as advertised. I was at a property... Actually, going to go back there this week or next week. But some switchgrass we had planted from him and some other, the fall blend, some fall seed we've got from them. Turned out really well. Uh, starting to come up really good. So that was their, I think it's their GRO switchgrass blend maybe. It's a pretty good one. Um, like I said, we've used that on more client properties than just his as well. But we've seen really good results from them. Uh, that's why we're continuing to use their seed and that's why we partner with them on the podcast. So you can go check them out at GrandpaRayOutdoors.com and use discount code capital R-H-O space capital P podcast to get 10% off your entire order. Or come stop by the shop and see us through the week and you guys can order stuff in there and save a little bit on shipping. And I do have a little bit of their stuff in stock right now too so you can see what we got in there. The other one which is also a company that's not necessarily about fancy packaging and stuff like that, is Rack's Big Game Supplements. They're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska. They're deer hunters just like you and me who are looking to get more out of the mineral and feed market than was what was existing at the time. They developed Rack's products through years of research and came up with one of the best mixes available, and it'll help improve your herd's overall health while not feeding the non-target species like the raccoons. They've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, and meal feed, all specifically designed for whitetails. You guys can use discount code RHO22 at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order at RaxMineral.com. R-A-K-S-Mineral.com. You can also stop by the shop and see what we've got in stock or make an order for what we don't, just like with Grandpa Ray. So whatever we don't have in stock, some of that stuff gets pretty expensive to ship when you're talking about 18-pound bags of protein. well, protein, mineral, whatever it is. So especially if you're getting multiple in the blocks, you can stop in and, and save some money on shipping there. Just order it straight from us and then check out whatever else we got in the shop too. We're going to have, I'm going to start getting some fall blends in, you know, in the next couple months too, probably still got some spring blend stuff, which is finally drying up here. So we're going to be busy putting stuff in the ground over the next 10 to 14 days. Yes. Which by the way is why this is not video because I'm not going to have time to, Yep. Edit all the video for this week because hopefully we'll be planting some corn and sunflowers and beans in the next yep. few weeks and then on to the clovers and all that stuff yep. for the spring. Get that done while it's dry. I think the race started today. I thought, yeah. I saw man coming home from work. I don't know how many tractors, half a dozen tractors. And when I was coming down here, Two sprayers, three tractors, nurse trucks, uh, water trucks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, seed tenders. Uh, I mean, just everybody. Yeah, I figured today or tomorrow would probably be the day. Running hard as they could go, right down the middle of the road. They didn't have time to move over. <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, fortunately, I got most of our spraying done already. Yep. But now it's just going to get dry enough where I can work some ground and get stuff planted. Oh, yeah. There ain't no rain in sight, is there? No, small chance for the weekend, maybe. Weekend, okay. But not a very big chance. Yep. They may take that out, too. Yep. Or they'll be 100% chance by the time we get there. Yeah. (laughs) But, 
we'll see. Yep. Oh, as big as guys' equipment is now, they can they can do so much in so little time. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. That's uh not a luxury I have at the yeah. moment. <laughs> Me either. Running around doing two acres here and an acre there and yep. three acres here. Yep. I can't get a lot done in one day. Yep. So I need a stretch of of this next couple of weeks here to be dry. And yes. then it can rain all it wants to. Yep. Although there is a limit on that too, because where I was just out in Kansas, apparently after we planted that, they got seven inches of rain over like the next 10 days or something like that. That is unfortunate <laughs> well, for everybody involved. Yes. And it had been dry, dry there yeah. before. They got a little bit of rain when we got all that stuff. But yeah. apparently the first little bit inch inch and a half was a fairly steady rain so yeah fingers crossed that was enough to beat the seed down in and keep it from washing out yeah over the next five and a half six inches of rain that they got yeah. but wow yeah i'd say the creeks were full uh yeah <laughs> we don't need that around here it's been a cold wet spring so we're ready for some warmer weather yeah that we're supposed to get this week which would have been this past week when this comes out but anyway that's all i got for this week if you're good yep got anything else so That'll do it for episode 35. We're, what's that make us 17 episodes from a year? So we've got 17 weeks. Depends on how you count. Just over four months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depends on if you're dotting your T's and crossing your I's. That's right. Yep. So thanks for listening, guys. And we will catch you again next week. Hopefully, that one will be video. But I would not hold my breath because we're still going to have stuff to plant. So catch you guys then. 